From bloated and tired to free and inspired, welcome to Free and Inspired Radio with Philip Watkins, your weekly dose of everything digestion and mental health related. We hope you enjoy this episode. Here is your host, Philip Watkins. Yes, yes. Hi there, and welcome to this, the pilot episode of Free and Inspired Radio. I'm your host, naturopathic practitioner, Philip Watkins, and I'm grateful to have you with us today, whether you're new to the show or this is just another episode you've picked up. I'm really grateful to have you with us. If you're new to the show, well, the title says it all. It's all about feeling free and inspired and exploring the many different avenues you can take to get there, whether it's deep dives on the digestive and mental health solutions or guests who offer their own stories and answers. I hope I can be the type of guide you can rely on to unlock the agency you have to reach your own mental and physical competency. In this episode, we're going to explore just what precisely a naturopathy is, what to expect in your first consultation, the pillars of natural medicine treatment, and how to gain a better understanding of how it might be able to help you and your problems, and if it's appropriate for you in the first place. Have you ever seen a naturopathic practitioner before? That's definitely the first question to ask. If you have, then look, there are many different episodes of this podcast you might prefer to to try first but then maybe if you have i can hopefully fill in some of the gaps in your understanding around the process but if you haven't let's get started and see if we can take a deeper dive for you as an australian trained naturopath i've trained in three aspects of natural medicine practice herbal medicine nutritionist therapy and diet as a prescription so let's take some time to give these pillars some more insight Herbal medicine is relatively self-explanatory, isn't it? Well, what isn't explained well enough, in my opinion, is well-researched or how well-researched many commonly used herbs are in clinical practice. With the help of many studies completed worldwide, we can understand how some of the active ingredients benefit the body, the dose and duration of therapy required to achieve the outcomes we're looking to achieve, which for you as a patient means that we can actually do a better job. This wasn't actually the case 15, 20 years ago where we would know how many milligrams we could use of a particular active ingredient within a herb or you know, which, uh, how long we may need to see the treatment go on for before we can expect real results. Curcumin from turmeric, well, one of the active ingredients from turmeric is actually a fantastic example of this. Curcumin is is as effective as some non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. So if you're new to that term, that's your paracetamols and ibuprofens at medium-term doses, but it doesn't end there. Turmeric possesses other active ingredients along with curcumin that add a potential anti or potent, excuse me, antioxidant, potentially anti-tumor action to this already effective anti-inflammatory action, making the herb itself a richer source of therapy. And if you're interested in doing your own research around what these other ingredients in turmeric are, just look up curcuminoids. And that should lead you to the place that you need to go in order to learn more. Let's move on. Nutrition as therapy is one of my favorite parts of natural medicine, but also I guess one of the fav- my favorite things to explain to people about natural medicine because it has a lot to do with nutritional biochemistry. 
Uh, at school, I was not into nutritional biochemistry. I found it very, very difficult coming from a completely different background. Throwing myself into chemistry or organic chemistry in general was a big deal. But then over the years, I think, and I was lucky actually to have some really good lecturers. Shout out to Amy Steele, uh, who is now the head of the World Naturopathic Federation. I think over the years, naturopathic or excuse me, nutritional biochemistry has become very, very important because I think my understanding of it as a fundamental pillar of people's health has expanded to the point where I just see it works for so many different conditions. And if you're interested in this, nutrition as a therapy is actually one of the fundamental pillars for articles uh, on its exploration on philipwatkins.health, which is uh, my website there. But look, let me explain nutrition as a therapy because I think once I do, a lot of people's frame tends to change on why nutrition is important but why it's more relevant on a daily basis for you as opposed to some, I guess, conceptual figure that, that can help your health. Imagine nutrition as a source of currency where your vitamins and minerals are a source of cash, where different denominations pay for specific transactions within various body systems. So building on this, imagine that your body only gets 70% of the currency that it needs to cover its daily transactions from the diet. What happens then? Well, it has to choose which transactions to pay for and which ones to put aside, just as it would be if we were living in a normal you know, human situation in that sense, we're only earning 70% of the wage that we need. This scenario isn't too different from our financial lives. And I remember as a student where I had a few times where I had to choose which bills to pay based on what would be turned off first, you know, the internet, the electricity, uh, cable TV, because I obviously needed that as a student. Now extrapolate that to the body. Imagine that the body has to make this same decision for decades as in which transactions not to pay for and it does that over tens of years. It's easier now why to see why sometimes the lights get turned off in particular body systems, isn't it? In that the body continues not to pay for the same transactions over time. And in the case of the body, it's actually the longer-term transactions that it doesn't pay for. In this sense, it's DNA repair or cellular regeneration. These things that the body doesn't consider as important as short-term survival. So I guess in a more contextual situation now, you can kind of understand why uh, you know, having that extra 30% or covering that 30% deficit from the diet can be really important. But then kind of extrapolate that further or zoom out further you can kind of see why it's important when we're trying to have a therapeutic intervention or therapeutic um, benefit for a, for some type of chronic illness so on that basis nutrition as a therapy refers to making sure that the body has enough money to spend before any of the more sophisticated interventions start and i know actually myself included we there are a lot of practitioners that feel the same way and hopefully over time we're going to see a more standardized i guess way of thinking in relation to that in that when someone presents to you let's say with chronic fatigue or some form of um, you know some form of chronic illness even ibs in some senses where oral tolerance to foods for example so let's say you're sensitive to foods can actually be driven by a vitamin a and d deficiency and in some cases small intestinal bacterial overgrowth will also cause fat soluble 
you know, deficiencies, B12 deficiencies. And these deficiencies are huge. They can make a massive difference to how you feel on a daily basis, especially B12. And correcting these things are a really big part of your initial experience, I would say, of a, of a natural medicine uh, consultation. But don't worry. Look, I'm going to go more into... Uh, Nutrition as a currency and nutrition as a therapy in another episode. Uh, I'm also going to cover in that episode exactly what denominations of cash, so to speak, or what vitamins and minerals are kind of important in that context. If you want a preview, it's definitely magnesium. It's definitely the B vitamins. It's definitely zinc. And there'll be a few other ones there. But before we jump into the final pillar, uh, diet as a prescription, let's just take a quick short break and refresh our brains a little bit. Woo! Time to take a break. Are you enjoying this episode of Free and Inspired Radio? There's no better time to take back your personal health sovereignty. If you want to connect with more Free and Inspired episodes, Simply subscribe to your favorite podcast platform or visit the website at www.philipwatkins.health for more information. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Free and Inspired Radio. Philip Watkins here. And through this show, I'll be your guide to the different avenues you can take to become free and inspired. Let's get back into it. In this episode, we're looking back or looking to understand natural medicine and what it can offer. Before the break, we've covered a few of the pillars of uh, natural medicine in general, uh, as opposed uh, in relation to, sorry, my training, but also what you would expect to see from a natural medicine consultation in you know its numerous different forms, or at least from a Western traditional natural medicine point of view anyway. So let's discuss diet as a prescription. It's the third pillar here, and I think with herbal medicine and nutritionist therapy, I, I think it really is the foundational platform or the foundational pillar of how people can actually get better for a long time. Now, I, want, I bring up diet as a prescription mainly because whilst it may be self-explanatory, again, for some, explaining it a little, uh, in a little more may actually help it give some well-needed context. I use the phrase diet as a prescription mainly because I feel like these often restrictive diets need to be separated for those you find online. So what am I referring to? Look, without calling people out, it's your general kind of Instagram-based weight loss-oriented type of diet. Obviously, every one of those diets are created with good intentions of helping people, I'm sure. But as I said, I feel like it's really important to differentiate between clinically oriented diets that you're given by a practitioner where you're monitored, et cetera, et cetera, and something that you're kind of reading off a cookie-cutter-based program because these diets genuinely need personalization. And I think that's really, really important from the get-go. The prevailing characteristics separating diet as a prescription is that it has a focused start and an end date. And you could argue that for obviously some of the other diets that we're comparing them to. But I, I think I'd like to give an example of actually a, the FODMAP diet, which is a, a nice um, a nice way of explaining things. I've seen my fair share of new patients who have already been on a low FODMAP diet for well over the recommended six weeks 
who aren't actually feeling very well at all. And this is a typical example of where the length of time doing a prescriptive diet is actually one of the key considerations. Another significant point is that prescriptive diets aren't generally that good for you. Now, I know it sounds a bit crazy that a prescription wouldn't be good for you, but let me explain. We'll continue with our FODMAP diet example. FODMAP diets have strong evidence behind them. It's definitely rarefied air that, unlike most dietary manipulations tried for IBS in the past, low FODMAP diets have shown consistent benefits in the majority of IBS cases. It genuinely works. But this is the key. In saying that fructose-containing foods are a good source of nutrition, Garlic, for example, wow. I mean, it's not only activating genes, but it's also a really strong immune stimulant. Taking that out of your diet is obviously, you know, you're just missing out, really. Fructo-oligosaccharides as well, as part of the low-format diet or the you know, restriction of these fructo-oligosaccharides are also an essential source of prebiotic fiber for infants, children, adults alike. Deficiencies in the crucial nutrients over a more extended period of time have a harmful effect instead of a positive one. Hence why these diets should have a start and an end date and why other therapeutic interventions need to be taken in the meantime to make the best of the diet. That's a really important big part of this in the sense that if you do have to finish the diet, then making the best of that time with potentially other interventions, i.e. herbal medicine, Uh, nutritional supplements to kind of further pay for the added transactions that the body needs to either rebuild reduce inflammation you know fill in the blank there is you know really important because you shouldn't be on these diets for a long period of time and when you do come off them and move towards what's considered to be a generally healthy diet you don't want to have these symptoms come back over a longer period of time and look over a good 13 years of doing this i've seen people genuinely have that experience and uh, I, i think that may be counterintuitive or contradictive to sorry contradictory to other you know people's opinions but i do think it's possible and i think also from a nutritional sense you want to try and make sure that you maximize the exposure of as much nutrition as you can really as many different sources and diverse sources of different forms of nutrients that you can so why restrict them for a long period of time so look, let's get into holism as a different kind of a uh, different kind of uh, gateway towards understanding natural medicine a little bit better. Holism's obviously, or holistic medicine's obviously been a big buzz term for natural medicine and the way it's taught for a very long time. But I think now functional medicine is the term de jour of holism, and it's a fun way to f- frame holism is to imagine that your body systems are having a conversation with each other that pretty much never ends. The brain's talking to the digestion, the digestion's talking to the immune system, the immune system's talking to the brain, it's uh, all one big fun dinner party. As we see in social situations, sometimes the tone of those conversations can change from happy and peaceful to angry and defensive. Sometimes it seems the body systems and their interactions can actually be really similar in that things can change on you know, the drop of a hat and you can often be left wondering what you did or what you said wrong. To carry on with this analogy, the initial natural medicine consultation is spent taking the time to listen in on those conversations between the systems and choosing the correct functional blood testing for the digestion, hormones and metabolic processes, which gives an opportunity to listen to more deeply and see things in a more quantitative way. 
Tracking progress over time or over the long term is an essential element of natural medicine treatment as it can take some time. Now, this is another big part of the different experience that you may have in relation to a normal integrated doctor or modern medical experience is that natural medicine's length of time in relation to how long it can how long it takes to help you can actually be a lot longer than you you might be hoping for or might expect so let's take some time to talk about that so when it comes to explaining how long treatment can take i like to say that if modern medical pharmaceutical interventions are an imposition on the body then natural medicine is a persuasion. Of course, there are times where we all need that imposition. Suppose your heart and kidneys fail, for example. In that case, you're going to welcome being admitted to the hospital and having a trained professional use modern medical interventions to impose their will and reverse a potentially fatal situation in your favor. Over the years, I've been known to interject on some, uh, not on speeches and, and things like that, but I'm not a massive fan of, I guess modern medical bashing if you like it in the sense that you know a lot of people are very anti the system if you if if that was fair but uh look i think there is definitely a place for these interventions and i'm you'll find in a lot of my other podcasts that, and especially when i speak to other professionals trying to help you understand as a patient where modern medical pharmaceutical interventions may actually be appropriate but also a faster track to getting better with natural medicine as an adjunctive which is not often talked about in my mind or at least I feel like could be talked about more but look let's get back to it so the idea here is that when treating more uh, chronic conditions such as long-standing digestive mental hormonal issues it seems that the body often responds better to a gentler journey and this is not isn't just in relation to side effects where natural medicine has a good reputation of not having the more intense side effects than pharmacy can, but it's more seen manifest in what I call a disease-modifying effect. I'll use a study on osteoarthritis in a herb, one of my favorite herbs, but you'll get used to me. Every every herb is my favorite herb, uh, a herb called Boswellia and uh, osteoarthritis to kind of give you an example of how this disease-modifying effect shows itself. So in this particular study on osteoarthritis, a commonly used anti-inflammatory herb called Boswellia was compared with a widely used non-steroidal anti-inflammatory over 12 months. That's a really long time when you, when you think about it, uh, or at least I think it was 12 months. And there's so many good Boswellia studies, if, and I'll put some of those in the show notes for you. But, so whilst both groups had symptomatic relief, the NSAID group was quicker than the Boswellia group. So, look, that's quite understandable. You know, the, the pharmacy is kind of imposing its will a little bit more, it's able to hit those molecular targets a little bit quicker. But as in normal social or work life, persuasions take a longer time, but their effects are longer lasting. So, hey, listen to this. After the 12 months, once the treatment ceased, the Boswellia group's changes remained. Whereas the NSAID group symptoms actually returned, it seemed that the Boswellia group had seen a disease-modifying effect in this case, hence why I call natural medicine a persuasion. Now, this is not this is a not an independent kind of outcome. We see this a lot in different ways, and I think thinking that you're gently persuading the body to move to a better place also works in the sense that the body's job 
in a large sense is to maintain a balance. So persuading it to adopt a new sense of balance that it can maintain on its own kind of makes sense, doesn't it? So look, let's let's move forward a little bit because I talk about that particular thing quite a lot with my patients. But look, the other big part of my interest in natural medicine and persuasion is, and I'm going to go into this in, in another episode, is something that I call psychological convalescence. Uh, it's a concept that I believe is actually really integral for getting over chronic illness for good, which can be quite overwhelming for someone to think about when they have been unwell for quite a long time. But let's use IBS as an example again. It's quite a common thing to, I guess, empathize with. Let's say you've had digestive issues for five years and you've, you know, I've had some patients who have had pain with every meal. So let's say you've had pain with every meal for, for two years, which is crazy to think about if you, if you do think about it. But once you see those symptoms disappear, how long do you think it takes for your brain or your, you know, your thought processes, let's, let's say, to stop worrying about getting that pain every time you put something in your mouth? It's going to take a little longer than the time it takes, hopefully, to actually remove the symptoms in the first place. And this is what I refer to as psychological convalescence. And Often people's eyebrows tend to raise when I tell them that I think a longer healing process is actually beneficial to someone than a shorter one. Once again, it sounds counterintuitive to suggest that you want someone to embark on a longer process, but the people who I can think back to who have genuinely kind of closed a chapter, if you like, on some of these chronic illnesses their journey has led them to have to stop worrying or just become, uh, what's another word I'd like to use? Transcend. There you go. That's a nice superlative word. Uh, They have transcended the illness in the sense that they no longer feel as if they are at the will of these symptoms. And I think that takes quite a long time. And once again, I'm going to try and enlist some professionals who are way smarter than me to try and explain why that's the case or why that's important but also to look into some of the deeper elements of that for example with cancer in the sense that there's already been some research in relation to cancer patients who have hit remission and obviously it's a major major landmark in their lives to to beat cancer but then to actually go through a counseling process to essentially convalesce from the experience of having cancer and i think once again you can extrapolate this into many different uh, you know a, a broader spectrum of experience when it comes to to ill health and i'll hopefully be able to you know shed some more light on that for now though this has been going way too long as a pilot i really really thank you for being part of my first episode of free and inspired radio hopefully my ability to be a singular host as opposed to one that's interviewed people for a very long time improves and i hope that you find some uh, you know, more enlightening ideas in relation to how natural medicine might be able to help you for now though wow i've been talking for way too long I will hope leave you to your day and uh, hope you have a great, great one. And I look forward to seeing you for the next episode of Free and Inspired Radio.
my gosh, you made it to the end. This show is all about you, and we hope you finished this episode feeling one step closer to feeling free and inspired. We'll be back next week, but if you want to know more about Philip, please catch a digital flight to www.philipwatkins.health for further details about how we might be able to help. In the meantime, have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, and we'll see you for another episode next week.